Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Favorite Show, the podcast where we talk about our favorite things. Every week, we pick a different topic to discuss, and since best can be subjective, we talk about the things that are our favorites. My name's Aaron. Uh, uh, I'm Kristen Shannon. Here. Shannon uh, is here, uh, and I'm joined by many people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta we gotta sort this out. I don't know how I don't know what to do with all these all these guest stars here. So uh, me and Shannon, we're here. Who else is guesting? Kristen. <clears throat> Kristen here. And Alex, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm here too. <laughs> we should discuss this before we start rolling. That's on me. I'm <laughs> sorry, guys. I didn't think. Because I've like just automatically popped into Sean's little spot when it was just me. But I was like, oh, Alex is here. Is he going to say something? Am I going to say something? I don't know. <laughs> I'm the third person. <laughs> I should have planned. <laughs> oh, man. Well, welcome, Kristen and Alex. Glad to have you both here. Before we get into this week's topic, I have one email I need to read. It's from our good friend, Robert. Robert, good to hear from you. Uh, he wrote in about his favorite PlayStation games. So, hello, favorite show. It has been fun listening on the way to the new job over the past several months. Yes, some episodes make me hungry, and others make me want to pull over and look up cute animals. Um, I wanted to talk about my favorite PlayStation games. Most of them go back to the original PS and PS2. Twisted Metal is a series, oh, a, yeah. quote, series of vehicular combat video games. <laughs> they're, they're making a TV show out of this, and it's got Anthony Mackie. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, He says you jump into a Mad Max-style vehicle and battle others a la Demolition Derby. You upgrade your weapons and vehicle, and you go up against a unique cast of characters. Standouts include Axel, a man holding onto two giant monster truck wheels, and Sweet Tooth, a psychopathic clown who drives an ice cream truck and lights his head on fire. This is a lot. (laughs) Wow. I spent many hours playing this game trying to unlock everything, and this year, Peacock released a TV show based on the game. You just said that, Alex. It was neat to see all these lunatic drivers and cars come to life. During college, I would go over to a friend's house, and he would challenge me to play Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I lost. A lot. (laughs) I finally got the game at home and played it constantly. I learned how to chain together those nose grabs, heel flips, rocket tail slides, and indie backflips. The next time I sat down with him, I ground that wood peddler into the ground. Uh, (laughs) There were several sequels to Tony Hawk. In fact, I game tested one of them, but none were like the original. Can I do a quick shout out to Robert? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Played, I don't think I played the first one. I played Tony Hawk 2 on the PlayStation 2. And when like the songs from that game still pop up, like Ace of Spades, I still remember the good times playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. You're transported if, back into yeah. those sweet, sweet pixels. <laughs> yes. Nice. I'm wondering if you get the same experience, Robert. He says, my all-time favorite game is Crazy Taxi, which I just played for the first time like a week ago, no, two weeks ago, Kristen, when I was out toward your place, it was one of the arcade games they had at that oh, 2D really? con that Stephanie was at that I, I oh, went with her. It first started in 1999 as a sit-down steering wheel arcade game. That's what they had at the arcade. It was so cool. Nice. Then they ported it to the Dreamcast and eventually to the PlayStation 2. Crazy Taxi is exactly what the title says. You get to drive around town picking up and dropping off passengers as fast as you can. Sounds boring at first, but with a colorful cast of characters, speeding through crowded streets, and a part punk and part rock and roll soundtrack, the game still keeps me entertained. I had so much fun playing that game. It was very hectic and I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, he says, looking forward to the next episode, Robert. Robert, thanks for writing in. Yeah, these were that's that's great. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check out a, a few of these games. Well, and that email reminded me of an update as well. That uh, our brother Nolan actually texted me today to say that Anna Perna Animation, who they just did the Nimona uh, animated film on Netflix, they are doing a feature adaptation of the video game Stray that we talked about. So that's pretty cool. Super cool. Is that the cat one? Yeah, yes. it is indeed. The other update that I personally had, I don't remember if we talked about the show Bee and Puppy Cat when we did adult animation. Did we? Or even just regular I can't animation? remember if we did. I feel like we didn't, but I don't remember exactly. I, see, I couldn't remember, <laughs> and I texted Gracie because I was like, hey, this seems like a show you've watched, and she, of course, told me she did because Gracie's on top of things. But uh, I recently discovered-ish the show Bee and Puppy Cat on Netflix. It is technically considered adult animation. That's the tag that it has. Not because it's explicit or graphic in any kind of way, like some of the adult animated shows that we talked about, but like I was kind of reading up about it, but just because it discusses more mature concepts of like our main character B is chronically out of work. And like the very first episode is her trying to like go to a temp agency and find another job after she loses yet another job, which, you know, is not something is that's going to resonate with kids really. And so there's like I said, like it's a very wholesome show. There's like a couple of smattering of like very mild swearing throughout, but it just it speaks to a more mature audience, I think, that some stuff, while being entertaining for kids, just would 
go over their heads, I think. But it's so weird. It's very weird. <laughs> and it is it is so beautiful. But yeah, I can see I love the animation. It looks so cool. It's got a yes. very, very cool look to it. And I uh, hadn't realized because I was reading up about it. So it was a YouTube series that uh, they put it together, a Kickstarter to make it into a full series that they were able to do. And then Netflix picked it up and did kind of technically a sequel season, which just is a continuation of the first season. But it's so good. And I hope they make more because it is it's interesting. It's it's just, it's very good. Nice. Any other updates before we jump into this week's topic? I don't think so. Down here. All right. Let's get on with it then. Our topic this week is our favorite Marvel TV series. We talked a little bit about some of our favorite Marvel movies when we talked about sci-fi. Um, and I feel like we kind of brushed on this topic a little bit when we talked about sci-fi TV. But yeah, so ever since, uh, was it, it was after Endgame, right? When, they, when some of these first started coming out, it was after uh, Endgame that a lot of these uh, limited series started coming out on uh, Disney+. And I personally have really been enjoying a lot of them. Uh, I kind of feel like, similar to we talked about some of the Star Wars shows as well, how I think the, the limited series or the TV series where there's only, you know, seven or eight episodes in a whole season or whatever. I kind of like that format because I feel like it gives us a little more room to explore these characters and explore these worlds. Like it's not quite so rushed as a, as a feature film, but it's also not, you know, hopefully it doesn't drag on for, for, you know, nine or 10 seasons worth of stuff. It just gives us that kind of sweet spot to explore. Well, and I think the series really lends itself to a comic book adaptation that you have a lot of books in a series at just how you'd have a lot of episodes in a series rather than just one solid plot. So... I don't yeah. know. I think the I think the limited series have been my favorite. I dig it. Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff going on, and it's funny because <laughs> we just recently did our favorite anime movies, uh, which was a huge topic with so much to pull from. This is a much smaller pool of things to pull from. There's still plenty of plenty of stuff out there, but uh, yeah, Marvel Marvel TV series a little smaller pool. So there's going to be, I'm sure, a lot of overlap. So we're just going to have to all talk about all this stuff together. Alex, you're you're like the main Marvel. Dude, do you want to go first? I should have asked you ahead of time. <laughs> or do we want to just jump in with whatever? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. I can go first if you want. Yeah. yeah. How about you start us off? Okay. I'm going to start with, you brought up the end of Endgame is kind of when we first got these ones. It was like um, the Disney Plus ones. But I'm going to hearken back to uh, Netflix's times of daredevil yeah we have kind of the before disney plus and the after disney plus section yes uh daredevil was uh the first in the netflix set of of marvel movies um with charlie cox as our titular character matt murdoch or daredevil the man without fear and uh it was it's definitely uh i will say this is a family show that is not a family show. It is definitely <laughs> no. a lot. The Netflix ones were it's very dark. And yes. like, I feel like they did a good job of it though. You and I were kind of talking about this earlier that, you know, you have the dark, gritty DC movies and to contrast the very like bright, happy Marvel movies, those first Marvel series were dark yeah. and violent and intense. <laughs> yeah. But Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson oh. Fisk was is still Kills one of the it. most intimidating Ooh. villains and in the people. Marvel universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like and we've we've he's now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's been brought in with uh with Hawkeye, but it's just such a good show. And apparently the I don't know if you've seen the original Daredevil movie in from 2003 with Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Meh. I have not. Okay. So apparently uh, that movie, which was not nearly as good as this, but I mean, it was back in 2003, is kind of what uh, some people have accredited to the beginning of the MCU as we know it today because Jon Favreau was foggy in that movie and he talked to people and was like hey uh i would love to make iron man which was the start of the marvel cinematic universe and john favreau having this this big giant production of all these movies (laughs) that's pretty cool i guess i should watch it or should i not (laughs) i I mean uh, it's definitely like the movie or the series the movie 
Yeah. Oh, movie? yeah. The, eh. the yeah. series? Yes. <laughs> the series is so good. Have you, have you seen the series? I I have seen the series. Yes. I've okay. not seen the movie, but I've seen the series. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh and definitely uh season 1, 10 out of 10, like it's just a perfect show. Season 2 it kind of goes downhill a little bit, but then season 3 it picks up again and that's the end of that. That the was fight just three seasons. Though. Yeah. Yeah, the fight choreography. There's one, I could not tell you the episode, but there's like this one scene where he has to like break into this warehouse and beat a bunch of bad guys in order to get to whoever he's trying to rescue. And they do it in like a single shot. And you can just see like he, like the choreography is just brilliant. But then like, I don't know if it was a stunt double or if it was actually Charlie Cox, but you could just see as the fight goes on, like it's only like a minute or two, but just this constant fighting, like by the end, he is just tired and you can see him like yeah. sagging. But like when he has to fight, he fights and it's just, it's so well done. It's just really That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. I think Charlie did a lot of his own stunts, but I don't know if he did that one or not in particular. He did have a stunt double for a lot of the stuff. Yeah, Daredevil is really good. When you told me that we were going to be doing the Marvel TV shows, my brain automatically was like, oh yeah, what we have on Disney+. Plus." But then I went to our handy-dandy Wikipedia, and uh, <laughs> I had forgotten that, yeah, there was the the bunch on Netflix, there were some on ABC. Yeah, I, I loved Daredevil, and I'll just piggyback off of that to talk about Jessica Jones. Oh, that, yeah was another one that was like, it's really dark and that just has some really heavy, heavy topics that it deals with because Jessica Jones, the superhero, the main villain in the first season is Kilgrave and he does mind control. And I can't remember, was it like a year, three years, Shannon? Do you remember that he had Jessica under his control and she was just like his puppet that he did whatever he wanted with. And so the the show picks up with Jessica after she's free from Kilgrave, but she's dealing with all of this PTSD where she, you know, um, she was, I don't know how much detail I want to go into because as we discussed, <laughs> favorite show is a family show. Anyway, <laughs> but it's just tough. And I like that Jessica is portrayed as a mess. She's not this like cute mess that I feel happens so much when it's like they depict women that aren't perfect, but it's like they're like quirky and they're fun. And Jessica Jones is simply a hot mess. Like she is just grumpy and irritable. And she has her best friend who is like this ray of sunshine and they just play off each other so well. Well, but that's interesting too, because her ray of sunshine friend, as we get into her backstory, she also has a lot of childhood trauma. It's very different trauma, but it's still very much there. And yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things is that Jessica Jones is so tough and so cool. But yeah, they're not trying to make her life pretty. She has problems. She struggles with substance abuse and she is mean and she's annoyed easily (laughs) like but she is (laughs) she's still in a way very likable because you're rooting for her to be able to come out on top because yeah she is the hero of this story and you want to see this closure for her but then yeah it is also really interesting to see the villain played by David Tennant which is also so awesome but like not a not a very intimidating name in the comics he was purple man purple man (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, it's so funny because there's one point where, where Jessica's commenting to him because I think his name's like Kevin or something. And then he like gave himself the name of Kilgrave. And she's like, Kilgrave, really? Was the name Murder Corpse taken? <laughs> like, she's just like, like, ugh, could you be more like obvious? Like, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, we were talking about it. It was years ago, like years before the series even came out, that our cousin Becky Lee actually recommended the comics that that series was based off of to me. Uh, It was called Alias, a.k.a. Jessica Jones. And they dropped Alias for the Netflix series, and they just called it a.k.a. Jessica Jones. And then they dropped that and just Jessica Jones. But I... I kick myself now because I was such a wimp because it was when I was very first starting to get into comic books and I knew that Jessica Jones was coming out and I was like, oh, I should go see if they've got this comic book that our cousin recommended to me. But I was like, oh, I can't do that. I can't go in and be like, oh, I want to read the the girl comic about the girl show that's coming out now because they'll make fun of me. And now I'm like, that's stupid. Nobody cares. (laughs) I don't care. If they cared, then they're jerks. Like, I wish I would have gone in and asked for it. So to this day, I haven't read it, but... I should go back and do it. Well, this is a show I have not seen, so I need to I need to check it out. Watch it is this. excellent. There are three seasons. I feel like the second season's probably the weakest. 
as it seems to go with seasons as they do. <laughs> of TV shows. But first season, like kind of like Alex gave Daredevil 10 out of 10, I, I would give yeah. first season of Jessica Jones 10 out of 10. I think it's so good. But heavy. I mean, like if yeah. you're feeling kind of sad, maybe don't watch it. Wait till you know you have the <laughs> mental energy to really well soak it in. Because it's good. And I also feel like from a feminine point of view, that show makes me feel so tough <laughs> because by the end of that first <laughs> season, the character development of Jessica and her best friend, that they can just take on anything and they're so tough and cool. And it's I'm like, so yeah, good. I could do that too. <laughs> oh, it's such a great show because it has like good male characters and evil male characters, but also like we talked about, Jessica's just like kind of awful sometimes, but yeah. also good. Like the characters are so complex. And they do such a good job of portraying, you know, real people and real problems that people have. And yeah, yeah. Oh, the ending's yeah. so good. Smile, Jessica. <laughs> uh, just, uh, it's, it, yeah. <laughs> so good. good. <laughs> well, just look at all you guys doing these deep dives. You guys are you guys are true fans. I feel like I'm a, I'm a latecomer to all this. I, as I've said, like I I didn't watch a lot of the Marvel movies as they came out, which I which I regret in hindsight. Like there's that like energy and that momentum of like all the all the super fans going to see like a midnight showing of a movie and cheering and crying together and all that. And so. I feel like I missed a lot of that because for what I don't know, I have no good reason. It's not like I was like, they're not cool. And I just skipped them. I just didn't go to movies a lot. So anyway, all that leads me on to what I think my favorite Marvel series is, which is WandaVision, which is the the first one that was made for uh, Disney plus. And I, I know I've shared this before, but I cannot remember what episode or what, what time it was on the show, but. I I didn't know who Wanda or Vision were going into this show because <laughs> I hadn't been watching the movies. And so uh, we, Shannon, Alex, and, uh, and I have had this conversation of, like, how weird that must have been. But, like, I, don't, I <laughs> yeah. kind of, like, I, I, now, I, I kind of enjoyed the experience of going into it and not knowing, like, who all these characters were because it was so mysterious. I was like, what in the world is happening? What's going on? So WandaVision takes place, I looked up on Wikipedia, it takes place like, what, three weeks or four weeks after the events of Endgame? Uh, It's like really, it's like right after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing that's so cool about the show, if anybody hasn't seen it, you really should see it. Even if you don't know who they are, like it didn't ruin it for me. I thought it was amazing. But they, they pay homage to all of like the sitcoms of all these different decades. So like the first episode is totally Dick Van Dyke style. I love Lucy. Like it's totally that style. It's black and white, like the set pieces, the intro song, whatever, like the whole thing. It's all like 1950s sitcom. And as, as they go through the different episodes, they go through these different decades. And so, like, you have episodes that are clearly based on, like, Bewitched and the Brady Bunch and that sort of thing. And, like, you know, ha- like, two episodes in, suddenly, hey, it's in color now, you know, where it was black yeah. and white all before. You know, they, they kind of do things in the style of, like, Good Times and Family Matters. There's, they absolutely go through, like, the 80s and 90s of, like, Full House. They get to the 2000s and they do, like, a Malcolm in the Middle sort of thing. And, like, the one of the later episodes, they're, they're totally doing the modern family thing where like you know how like you know they all had like their interview talking to camera that sort of thing yeah and it's they did it was they did such a brilliant job it was so cool and then of course tied into all that is all the like you know marvel superhero-y stuff that's going on which is i i just thought it was such a good show and like i said yeah even if you don't know who they are if you don't watch all the other stuff this show is really cool It it was really really well done i don't know about you guys but i love reading like trivia about movies and TV shows, and I find that it, like, enhances my experience. Like, reading about WandaVision on the older, well, the older episodes, on the early episodes where they're, like, set in, like, the 50s and 60s and stuff, they tried to use as many practical effects, like, common to that time period as possible. And so, like, when Wanda's trying, like, making objects fly, like, in this... Like, I, I Dream of Genie kind of setting, like, they had, like, strings and they were, like, doing stuff yeah. that they didn't want to use computer graphics. Or, like, Vision is a bright red character and 
for the black and white stuff, they actually had him painted blue because it was a better shade in the grayscale. That's really cool. <laughs> like stuff like that. I just think is so cool and such yeah. like kudos to the directors and everyone that like really wanted to pay this. Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? The word pay this like tribute or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's homage it. to these things. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool that they leaned into it. Yeah, like you said, you can see yeah. the strings holding up things that are floating or like there was one where like a, a dish breaks and like she uses her powers to like unbreak it. And it's clearly just like they played it backwards, you know. Like that's yeah. that's how they did it in those old shows, and they just they leaned into it. It was really cool. So anyway, yeah, the whole thing was great. Aaron, have I told you about the the comic that it was kind of loosely based on? I'm sure you have, but share share it with the rest of us here. Everybody, everybody there was a it. there was a run. The one that I can remember is there was a a, a run called Vision, and then I think later in the series it was called Visions, and. Uh, it's when so Vision creates this suburban lifestyle. He creates like Wanda and two kids as also synthesoids and like lives this suburban life and it's all like weird. I don't remember I don't think it's actually Wanda, but yeah, it's like really like him trying to to be a suburban dad and all this stuff, but he's obviously not a human and stuff like that. But it's a, it's a funny comic run. I think it was ran in like the uh, it was like 2017-ish. I'll have to look it up now. I don't remember, but it was a funny run. I'll check it out. Real quick, as as you were talking, Alex, I'm starting to get some static. Are you hearing that too, Kristen? Yeah. It's it's slowly building. You may have to unplug, replug. It's, get, it's getting worse as time goes on. I'm not getting it from you, Kristen. Oh, well, that's good. Glad to know I'm not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. How about now for me? Much cleaner. Just to add, Aaron, I think it's kind of interesting to hear your perspective of it because we were just saying that even with the long time watching it as it went, fans, it was really interesting watching WandaVision because, first of all, we had that excitement of we had this emotional finish of Endgame and everything, and then we were getting more in a different format. And that was exciting. But then that every single week, we were excited to see what they were doing next because every episode was different. Yeah. That we watched the first one, we're like, oh, this is so cool. And then the next one, we're like, now we're in a new decade. Now we're in a new decade. What are they going to do next? Like, it was so fun to watch every step of the way. Yeah, for sure. What a what a great show. Very good. And can we all agree that Catherine Hahn was, I mean. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. <laughs> she's she, so she her own show. Amazing. I know, yeah. She's getting her own show. <laughs> That's true, yeah. In fact, there are there are actually two spinoffs uh, coming from that are spinoffs of Wandavision. But yeah, that that's her her. Oh, what? I just closed my window. Her character, Agatha. Agatha, Agatha yes. Agatha. She's got a, she's got Agatha. her own show oh, coming no. soon. <laughs> Who's next? Shannon, are you up next? Oh, it's me. It's me. Um, hi. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> Kristen <laughs> saying that while you guys were disconnected. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Um, looking at my list, yeah, it's hard to choose of the of the Disney ones. And I got to say, trying to pick a most favorite is so hard, but I'm going to go with Ms. Marvel first. Ms. Marvel was so good. And I feel like it did so many things really well in the fact that we got this kind of teenage coming of age story, which is one of my favorite genres anyway. But I also thought they did a really cool thing with all the visuals that like of her sending text messages and having different things going on in the background. And, you know, it kind of reminded me to some extent, almost like uh, when we talked about Baby Driver, that there was a lot of things happening in the background of Baby Driver that went along with the music or whatever. And even though, you know, it wasn't so cinematic this time, that it still was visually interesting to look at. Culturally, it was really cool to see all of Miss Marvel's backgrounds that she went home to, oh, I should have looked it up, to Pakistan, right? I think so, I yeah. Think so. Okay. I believe so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that she, we got to see another side of her culture where we, in our Avengers, had a lot of standard same kind of characters all the way through. And I thought it was a cool take on her superpowers because that's not how Miss Marvel's powers are in the comics. It's more of like a Mrs. Incredible, stretchy kind of... Mr. Fantastic, yeah, stretchy. She calls, yeah, she calls it like the beginning or something in the comics that she could like get bigger or whatever and <laughs> kind of stretch out. So I thought that how they adapted it for television was pretty cool. But yeah, loved Miss Marvel. Very good. Yeah, that one was really good. The Marvels comes November 10th. Very excited. 
Yeah. It's going to be good. I I love how much of a fan she is. She's yes, such she's a nerd. All of us. She's all of us. <laughs> like like you see in the trailer for Marvel, she's like, Nick Fury? Ah, I'm so excited. She's like geeking out about him and stuff like that. But, <laughs> it's well, great. it's so fun. Like in the show, like her very first costume she wears is like she enters a cosplay contest to be Captain Marvel, like kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, and, you know, she's got like a cardboard helmet and stuff. And it's it's so fun. That's one that I actually watched with my kids. And uh, my daughter, Aurora, especially my uh, six-year-old, just like latched on. She loved it so much. Fun show. So good. Really, really good. My turn? Uh, yeah, Alex, I think you're, you started it. So yeah, I think it's back to you. All right. So I'm going to go with another Disney Plus show, but not so cutesy. And that is Moon Knight. Ooh, that was yeah. that was also kind of a tie for my first place. I loved Moon Knight. Really? Yeah. Have you seen it, Kristen? I have, and I mostly <laughs> I mostly enjoyed it. My one hangup is is I mean I don't know. I'll let you talk about it first, maybe because I don't know. Then she'll say that that's the part I hated. Well, no, <laughs> like. For anyone that hasn't seen it, it's this one guy that it's almost like a multiple personality disorder where it is sometimes he's like this unassuming regular dude and other times he's this like crazy superhero. And I loved in the beginning of the series where we got a lot of this like back and forth where he would like black out and then he'd come to and there'd be like bodies lying around and he's like, oh, what happened? <laughs> like... That was really fun. But then, like, as we got to know his other personality better, like, we got to see more of the back and forth and it cut out less. And then, like, the final episode, like, they just kept, like, cutting out again. And I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, like I, I want to see the cool fight choreography and I want to know, uh... like, all this fun stuff that happens. Like, come on. So that was, like, my one hang up. But yes, I did really enjoy it. And recently when we moved, we had a storage unit. And it's that kind where like as you walk along, the lights turn on. And then as you go further, <laughs> the lights turn off. And I was standing there in like the aisleway waiting for Adam to like lo load up a cart. And I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to get murdered <laughs> by an ancient Egyptian god while I stand here waiting. Because <laughs> that's a scene in the show. Anshu is going to come for you. Oh, yes, it good. is. <laughs> anyway, back to you. Let's talk uh, like this is your pick. So <laughs> I was I was just gonna say that like you just you just want like an extra show where you get to see all the blacked out bits. Yeah. Like uh like a butterfly effect. Did you ever see that movie? Nah, but it actually reminded me of Memento. Did you ever see that one? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was where it's yeah, like the, that too. Yeah, so that kind of story anyway. But yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So so Moon Knight is such a cool uh, Marvel character. He's got three personalities within him. Uh, that's Stephen Grant, the uh, archaeologist, the mild mannered archaeologist. Mark Spector, the, the rad cool spy, <laughs> who like has all has all these like uh, secret aliases and and government training and all this stuff. And then Jake Lockley, who is like mobster. I don't know. I don't I know how to describe yeah, Jake. He's, he's like, got a mafia feel to him. Yeah. Like break your kneecaps type dude. Take it back to Daredevil. <laughs> he's the Wilson Fisk of the three. He's the psychopath. Yeah. But uh, something that cool I read in doing research for this show is anytime that Oscar Isaac had to uh, like play against himself instead of doing like a green screen or an extra or something like that, they actually hired his brother, That's so Benjamin cool. Hernandez. His his nickname is Bro Dameron. <laughs> That's so good. I thought you guys would get a crack out of that too. So, great. <laughs> so they so they hired Benjamin Bro Dameron Hernandez uh, to serve as as the double for him, um, so he could kind of kind of do that. And they were able to like uh, Isaac was able to to like play off of his brother's energy to kind of get a better performance. And it was it, it it turned out really good. Like it was just such a good yeah. show. And I. Have not read that many Moon Knight comics, but I've been wanting to get into more and I've been kind of going through like just like the online versions of the comics. So not like physical, but digital versions. And Moon Knight is wild. Like 
he is referenced as Marvel's Batman sometimes in the comics. Like mm-hmm, they break the wall like that, break the fourth wall, and he'll annoy people being like, like there's a, a panel where he's talking to Spider-Man and Spider-Man's like, hey, Steven. He's like, nope, it's not Steven. Mark here. And he's like, hey, Mark. He's like, nope, now it's Jake. And he's like, hey, Jake. He's like, nope, Steven again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very but funny. He's, he's, he's both like, Really funny and insane, and really, uh, he's a he's a tough character. I'm trying to trying to not use my infamous favorite show swear. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty uh, neat. He's a cool character. Anyway, he's a, yeah, he's an awesome dude. Awesome dude. No, I I really like that show as well. Uh, Oscar Isaac is so good, and I just I loved the the characters. Like the I I. I had it written down and I, I lost it. The uh, the hippo god, the the yeah. I forget the, the name. Oh, she was delightful. So cool. Yeah. Man, I, I really enjoyed that. I remember. Show. I both love and hate Oscar Isaac for like signing on with this show because he just signed the contract for one season because he didn't want to get locked into anything and like not be able to negotiate for more money. Because I want more Moon Knight, but also I'm like, that's really smart of him. Good for him. <laughs> Gotta get that Disney money. Get that big Disney money. Well, he sure, knows. Yeah. He's been in uh, he was in Star, Star Wars. Wars with yeah. them as well. Yeah. So, well, good stuff. Kristen, I think it's your turn now. I am going to jump over to the ABC Marvel shows that we got. Um, and I want to talk about Agent Carter. I know I talked about it a little bit back on our female empowering media episode, but I want to really dive in a little more because I absolutely love this show. So there are only two seasons. It was from 2015. And the first season's only eight episodes. And I just love it so much because um, it deals with Agent Peggy Carter and it picks up after the first Captain America. And it's just her uh, going to the, the field office in New York City and wanting to be an agent and like they hire her as an agent, but they totally treat her like a secretary. They're like, go get coffee and take notes and do all this stuff. And she's like, I am an agent. Like I, like, I fought with Captain America. And they're like, oh, you were his girlfriend. Like you, you just go sit over there. And there's, you know, there's stuff happening. And because they don't listen to her, like she totally plays that to her advantage. She will come in in the middle of like a top secret meeting and she'll like be bringing them coffee. And they, she totally eavesdrops on them. And then she'll go out on her own later that night in disguise and she'll go and do her own secret agent stuff. And she just was such a great character. I just really loved Peggy Carter and we get to see, uh, why am I blanking on Tony Stark's dad? What's his Howard name? Stark. Hey, Howard, Howard. That's it. We get Howard Stark and you get to see Jarvis, like the man that inspired the machine. Is it you get Paul to Bettany? See the, it's not Paul Bettany. It's, um, James Darcy. That's it. James Darcy. But, like, we get to see, like, the beginning of, like, the Black Widow program where, like, one of the other women that Peggy is up against, like, she, like, handcuffs herself to her bed at night and, like, she's a Russian operative. And you get to see um, a little bit more of, like, the Howling Commandos that Peggy goes on a mission with. And there's just a lot of really cool, like, old school spy espionage that, like, goes on. And then Peggy's just fun. And Haley Atwell is just, like, one of my top favorite actresses. She's just so good yeah, she's, she's so great. pretty and she's smart you're describing what sounds like the coolest show and i hate to say it i could never get into it no i need to give it oh. another try i just it was slow going for me i think and i definitely should try it again but it everything about it is so cool i want to like it <laughs> that's fair season two was okay and i really was hoping for a third season but we it was didn't canceled get wasn't it, it? It was, but come on, Disney. Well, actually, what I'm really hoping for now is I'm hoping they will do an entire season of Captain Carter because I would yeah. pay good money to see that. So cool. cool. Yeah. Yes. Which, once again, for anyone, I mean, I assume people listening enjoy Marvel shows. That's why they're listening. But in case you're not, in the What If series, they there's one episode that addresses this idea that what if it wasn't Steve Rogers that got the super serum, but what if it was Peggy Carter and she became the Captain America, except she's British. So Captain Carter. And we got a live action in uh, multiverse of madness too. Yes. Oh, yes. I was squealing so hard. Oh yeah. That whole scene from start. That to whole end, scene with was, the Illuminati. Without, 
Oh, well, without giving too many spoilers for that. They did her dirty, though. Well, without giving too much spoilers for that, Aww. I do think that scene was very much akin to the opening of Up for me. That it was an emotional <laughs> roller coaster for those 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We, we got and then lost so many good people. It was oh. a lot. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, the series. But Agent Carter, <laughs> the series, I really enjoyed. And the first season, like I said, is only eight episodes. So you can do it, Shannon. Go watch I, it. Yeah. Well, I'll redo it. I'll redo those eight. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's good. Okay. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Loki. Yes. I really yeah. like Loki, which is on Disney Plus. Boy, what a cool show. I in addition to Season 2's coming soon. That's right. Season 2 is right on right coming right up uh, what like a month from or what today's September 5th. So a month from today? Tomorrow. 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 Cool. Well, either way, this comes out in the <laughs> yes, future. October so 6th. Anyway, it's coming in October. <laughs> I'm excited for it. But yeah, so uh, uh, Tom Hiddleston is back as Loki. Owen Wilson is really good in this show, uh, but it's it's a it's a fun one, and again, it takes place uh, like just right after Endgame. Most people, I think, listening have seen Endgame, and if you haven't, this is not a spoiler. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of timeline sort of things they have to go through to try and get things what they need them to be in Endgame. And uh, one of those involves going back and trying to get the Tesseract in this battle from the original Avengers movie, actually. And through a series of misfortune, missteps, or whatever, Loki is able to grab the Tesseract and, like, portal out of there or whatever Whatever it is. It's not a portal. It's I'm, That's Rick and Morty. But you know what I mean. He, like, <laughs> zips out of there with the Tesseract and, like, almost instantly is arrested by the Time Variance Authority, which is or, or the TVA, as they call it. The design of the TVA is so cool. It's all, like, very, like, uh, like, like mid-century retro cool vibes and stuff. But anyway, Loki is under arrest over there because he broke from the central timeline and he goes on all these kind of crazy adventures and stuff. There's so many cool characters. All of the different Lokis, there's lots of Lokis that show up all at once, <laughs> and not to give anything away, but I can't, is it a crocodile or an alligator? But that guy. Alligator. Alligator <laughs> Loki. Alligator Loki is, Loki is so good. <laughs> yeah, Alex and I were, we were all Lokis that year for Halloween because our cat's name is Loki. So he, even so he got good. to wear some Oh, I love it. Miss Minutes was a really fun character. Yeah, the the whole show was just really cool. Had a had a really cool design aesthetic and was exciting. It was like it was action. It was kind of like crime procedural sort of vibes to it too. It's only six episodes. I think each one was like you know fifty to fifty minutes to an hour long, uh, but only six episodes. So it's it's not a super long watch. But yes, season two is coming real soon, and I'm very excited for it. In the comics, the TVA was all like one person they were they was like all different versions of one person and that was uh they resembled a real world person it was the the marvel comics writer slash editor because his job was to maintain continuity across the marvel universe in the comics and so they were like okay so if he maintains continuity across the timeline then we're just going to make all the tva agents be mark gruenwald (laughs) that's so cool i love that I'm a little sad that, uh, so right after the show came out, they did a limited run of General Mills Loki charms. Like they, <laughs> instead of Lucky Charms, there were Loki Charms, but there was only like 3,000 boxes made or something like that. So it was basically what? impossible to get this cereal. Man. But like, I just, I wanted it so bad, but like didn't even pop up in shelves. You had to like order it off of a special website, like the day oh. of the premiere or something like that. Man. The other timelines got more. I know. <laughs> Rude. It's just not meant to be in ours. I, I don't even oh, like, man. it's probably just going to taste like Lucky Charms, but I just wanted it just for the box. But the box. It was cool. <laughs> I know, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> they should have just done like a whole production, like created like 10 million because they would have got bought. Like everyone would have bought them. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, Shannon, your turn. Another good one from my list is uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. which was the second one we got right after WandaVision. I love Bucky Barnes. The Winter Soldier is one of my most favorite Marvel characters, and I loved getting to see more of him, getting to see, again, this was all after Endgame, the aftermath of Steve Rogers retiring and getting to see Anthony Mackie's performance as the Falcon and the show did such an incredible job 
of addressing very hard-hitting issues in a very tasteful way. And I thought that that was really cool that, you know, it's it's a superhero show first and foremost, but it's able to do so much with what it was given. And, you know, introducing U.S. agent who sucks, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, it's it was really interesting that like, you know, the, there were some shows and movies and stuff watching that it's always fun to watch with Alex because he does he does the meme of uh, what's his name? DiCaprio, like whistling no, and no. snapping at the TV from <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> Alex does that when we watch Marvel shows. Of, oh, well, I know that guy. Well, and yeah, he's from like, this comic. Uh, a character who barely made it into the show, Lieutenant Torres. I don't know if you remember him. He was yeah. like Anthony Mackie, like Falcon's. I don't know. He was he was a friend of of. It's uh, been a while since we've seen it. Yeah. So he in the comics run was a Falcon for a while, and he actually got uh, his quote unquote powers uh, because his DNA was added with Anthony, like with the uh, the Falcon's Falcon Red Wing, hmm. which they didn't use a real Falcon in the MCU. They used a, a drone, but he had a real falcon, and the falcon in the comics could telepathically talk to birds. So he talked to his red wing, his falcon red wing, but some like scientist spliced Lieutenant Torres's DNA with this falcon and made him into a falcon man. Wow. <laughs> All right. That's the kind of factoids you get when you watch Marvel with Alex. <laughs> sorry. No, not don't be sorry at all. It's so much fun. But same thing with US Agent that I was like, ooh, I hate this guy. And you were like, oh, let me tell you about him. I know about him. <laughs> this sounds like the equivalent of trying to watch Lord of the Rings with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why I only watch it alone. <laughs> Nobody else can stand it. We all have our specialties. I mean, yeah. fair, yes. <laughs> they uh, they they were originally going to have the flag smashers have a virus, a deadly virus, but then COVID happened. That was going to be like the plot line <laughs> yeah. of the mo- of the show. That's always fun when they have I, to. I read that factoid go. today. <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> Very good series. I wanted to talk just a little bit about Runaways. Did any of you guys watch that one? I never saw it. Did not. Okay, Runaways was really good, and they took it off Disney Plus, and I don't know why, because it was really good. It was, what was it on? I think it was ABC. They did, um, ABC had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Runaways, and Inhumans. Inhumans is terrible. Don't give it any of your time. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was seven seasons, and they're mostly good. There were, yeah. First season's definitely the best, because that's where it is, like, the same timeline as when Winter Soldier happens. And you get, like, what happens to, like, the regular agents when Hydra takes over. And it's this really cool, like, parallel story. Anyway, but Runaways is really, really fun. So the premise is that there are six teenagers from different backgrounds, and they unite against a common enemy, their criminal parents who run an organization. So they like are hanging out, like having like a sleepover, or just a fun party or whatever. And they stumble upon their parents having this like cult sacrifice in the basement. And they're like, what is going on? And they, that's kind of the premise of the show. And then the very first season is just them trying to like hide the fact from their parents that they know what their parents are doing. While like two or three of them discover like they have superpowers or like one of them is just like a really smart kid with like really cool inventions. And another girl has like a psychic connection to a raptor. Like, it's so out there and so weird to talk about, right? It's just, like, weird. But it's a fun show. I remember thinking that the show looked cool. (laughs) It's fun. And then at the end of the first season is when they run away and become the runaways for the next two seasons where they're trying to be on the run from their parents, but also trying to stop them. And it's really fun and it's really cool. And, like, one of the characters' name is Nico, and she like taps into the dark dimension like her eyes do that weird thing that happens in like Doctor Strange what's the bad guy in that one the we're like you know how his eyes get that like weird like burned look All I'm thinking like is uses... Mordo but that's the I was thinking Dormammu yeah. I've come not to Dormammu <laughs> the agent of Dormammu what's yeah, his face yeah. that actor that always plays a villain anyway but like there's a lot of stuff like that ties in to the movies and I'm surprised like well with my description of it I guess I I'm not so surprised. It's a little goofy. Caecilius. <laughs> That's it. Um, and he was played anyway. by Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Who always plays a bad guy, I feel. Always. Anyway, um, but yeah, there's some really interesting characters. There's a lot of cool like references to magic and to, uh, 
I don't know, just a lot of different things that are fun and interesting. So if you get the chance to watch it, please do, because it's not like it's not as goofy as it sounds. It's actually really interesting. It has like some serious moments, and, but it's also like teenagers. So it is silly at times, but that's a fun one. Um, other than that, I just have a lot of honorable mentions. The only other one I really wanted to talk about was Hawkeye. Are you the same, Alex? Yes. Oh, it's so good. I've, so, I almost forgot about let's, Hawkeye. Let's talk I'm, about it then. I've yeah. talked about the My Life as a Weapon Hawkeye yeah. comic by Matt Fraction a lot. It's so good. It is my favorite graphic novel of all time. And that is what they used to adapt for the Hawkeye series. And I feel like I get a little torn sometimes when I describe it because it's my favorite graphic novel. And so... I don't know if I love the Hawkeye series as much as I love other series series series, <laughs> but Z-Z. there's so much about it that is so awesome and was so faithful to the comics between like Pizza Dog and the tracksuit bros, bro, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> even some of the signing and stuff that goes on with there with like Clint has some hearing loss. And then some added stuff with Yelena. It, it's really cool. Even if it's not necessarily my most favorite, it's like the top of my honorable mention list, I think. I, I really enjoyed Hawkeye. And I will say this, Alex, going back to our, uh, is it Christmas or is it not Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't seen this. I hadn't seen Hawkeye back when we uh, had this this discussion. I don't know if I want to open that can of worms again. <laughs> I, I really like Hawkeye. I, I wouldn't say it's a Christmas show. Oh, my God. But I will say it's more of a Christmas show than Die Hard, for sure. 100% more. I agree. Oh, no. Listen, Die Hard. Listen, he says. We, we can't get into this right now. No, we can't. We're getting the off plot, topic. The plot of Die oh, Hard no. is dependent on it being Christmas. But it's not about Christmas. But if the plot depends on it being Christmas, then... It doesn't depend on it being Christmas. It does, because they wouldn't have... It depends on it have... being like a holiday, any holiday. What? Why it did depends it depends on the Christmas? holiday. Hawkeye is not going to try and rush 90s, home for any other holiday. <laughs> and the... what's his name in Die Hard? The, the whole point is that the CEOs or whatever have the holiday off. They're not going to have just any holiday off. I'm off my soapbox, Alex. It's all yours. Listen, listen. All they, right. they would not be... Yeah, in the 90s, it was like very central to any like company party like any Christmas party is going to be this big giant company party and everyone's going to you gonna... did Aaron I know he, anyway, you got sorry, him sorry, started sorry. Hawkeye Hawkeye is such Hawkeye. a cool show and the uh, the character Echo uh, played by Alqua Cox oh, I feel like so I'm probably good. butchering that she is actually deaf and so Matt Fraction and uh, Haley Steinfeld actually learned some sign language. And like you probably see that they're doing it in the show, but they learned some sign language in preparation for her so they could communicate with her better without having a translator for her, like learning her lines and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. That is very, very cool. Yeah. But I love, I love that they're doing like a Young Avengers, like Kate Bishop and Yelena. And oh, I loved their interaction so much. They are it was the best. so yeah. fun. I just, I'm just shipping them right now. Like, they're so cool. So much. <laughs> yes. Just all around fun show. I it's could a good do show. this all day. Yeah. Oh, we we oh. saw that. <sighs> I'm so we jealous. We saw that. We saw, so amazing. The musical, the musical that they have, Rogers the Musical, in the show, they actually made it a short 35-minute musical, used the I Can Do This All Day song, used the uh, Star Smiggled Man with a Plan song from Did they? the first Avenger. Oh. Yeah. And they used both those songs in the musical as well as written, wrote some new ones. But How's was, the new stuff? Any and, good? Like, it, oh, it was cheesy and, and great. Yeah, and yeah. also oh, the, the one at the end, the the Save Our, Save Our City or something Save like that. Save Our City, help us win. Yeah, that one. They actually had that one in there and everything, but it's it's very fun. Yeah, we saw it at Disneyland. Done. It was a limited oh, run. Yeah, it's so done fun. now. It only went through end, October end of, or through oh, August. No, I mean, what? only August, only yeah. through August. Bring it back I feel like I was thinking. I was like, you know, they did Hamilton on Disney Plus. They better they, put this on oh, Disney Plus. Yes, that would be so cool. Cause like. People would watch the heck out of it. Well, and it's really funny because <laughs> yeah. I was seeing the comments on like one of the Disney Parks Instagram pages 
they posted about Rogers the Musical, and the comments were wildly divided because it was <laughs> oh. like, it's a superhero thing. What is the musical fan base doing here? Like, this isn't what anybody <laughs> asked for. And they were being like so critical Rude. of it. And oh, they're like, no. they, they took the worst part of Hawkeye and they're like trying to make money off of it. What the heck? And then everybody else was like, I need more. Put it on Disney Plus. This is the best. <laughs> I feel, uh, like, I feel like there's a lot of crossover between musical nerds and superhero nerds. Right. I'd watch the heck out of that. That sounds great. Oh, it was awesome. Do they not know that there's a Spider-Man musical? Come on. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or a Shrek musical. <laughs> now, hold on. <laughs> you know. The, I'm sure the same the people who love Avengers. Shrek the musical love uh, <laughs> Rogers the musical. Shrek is a superhero in the DreamWorks universe. Oh, so. uh, yes. <laughs> We're crossing universes. There we go. Yes. Oh, boy. This is going to be phase doc- five. the next Doctor Strange. Shrek's going to be in it. What is it? Phase five, phase six. Marvel phase six is Shrek. <laughs> oh, no. no. And then Shrek 2, the Shrekening. Golly. We have gone off the rails. Shrek 3, oh, Return oh, of boy. the Shrek. On, on DreamWorks Plus, we're going to get a spinoff of Donkey. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, well, this seems like a good spot to wrap it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Well, this was this was good. This was fun. I'm going to have weird dreams tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess this is probably a good spot to wrap it up. Uh, Kristen, Alex, thank you so much for joining. This was this was great. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I feel like, I've, I, as always, I'm adding more to my list of things I need to go watch and catch up on. So thanks. <laughs> Get on it. As usual, we want to hear what you think. Send us an email at thefavoriteshow at gmail.com. Look us up on Instagram at thefavoriteshowpodcast. Let us know your favorite Marvel TV series, whether it's Disney Plus or ABC or Netflix or wherever it is. We want to hear your favorites. Also, let us know if you have suggestions for future topics or guests or whatever. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we'd love a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And if you don't feel like giving us a five-star rating, is it because I brought up Christmas again? I (laughs) have not learned my lesson someday. Someday I will learn my lesson to not talk about this, but it is not this day. Last time you did it, I wasn't on the show, and I just yelled at my radio and my car. I know. Now he can defend himself. Oh, what did you emailed in? You were like, "I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed," or something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we're gonna log off, and Alex and I are gonna go have a fight. But uh, <laughs> no. until next week, no. my name's Aaron. <laughs> Uh, uh, Kristen and I'm uh, Shannon uh, and Alex (laughs) talk to y'all later (laughs) bye Uh, you want to say cue the music together you gotta switch off words yeah Kristen say cue cue Alex say the the and now both of you (laughs) music ready let's try it cue the music (laughs) you're both fired I think, I, think my, I think my speaking is lagging a little bit. Excuse me. Here's, here's what we do. Okay. You, Krista, or Alex, just say music however you want to say it. Music. And Kristen, say match music. that. Music. Music. All right. I'll, I'll edit those together and it'll be beautiful. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy. Cue the music. All right. Do we have any honorable mentions left? Yes. <laughs> yeah. She-Hulk. Luke Cage. I am Groot. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Marvel Rising, starring Ms. Marvel, Squirrel Girl, Quake, and Ghost Spider. Secret Invasion. The Punisher. 1992 X-Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was my next one. <laughs> Mine, too. How about the 2000 X-Men Evolution? Yeah. That one wasn't as good. Well, of course it wasn't as good. Nothing's as good as the 1992 X-Men. That's why they're continuing it with X-Men 97. Yes. It's going to be so good, yeah. Aaron, have you ever worked with Tom Hiddleston? Has he ever been in your recording booth? No, I would love to work with him. I have not worked with him. I, I think I'd die if you did. Do you give him a kiss for me if you do? <laughs> I'll give him one for myself. First. Yeah, kiss him for all of us. <laughs> <laughs>